Welcome to episode 118 of the Half Pointer Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and producer Johnny Fan. We are here to talk about the number one overall player in fantasy football, the Dallas Cowboys defense. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so glad there were no earth-shattering injuries on Monday Night Football. Yes, de- definitely nothing of note. Happy to be here. Um, fantasy football is just an ever-evolving landscape to where one week or one hour or one game, you're happy with it, and then the next, I want to delete the app, and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to the Nick Chubb injury. It, it, it's obviously very deflating. I, unfortunately, um, in my carelessness, have seen the full replay. Uh, had not seen it yet at all. Like the even like a pretty close up slow mo replay that I just did not like. It was not a good looking injury. Hoping for the best for Nick Chubb. Hopefully he can come back. He, he's done it once. It's the same knee that he really tore up in college. So hopefully he can come back and be just as strong. And we'll talk about what remains in that backfield later on. We're going to get to just a lot of backfields. I mean, you mentioned the fantasy football is ever evolving, and that is so so true at running back. There are guys. Like you look at top 12 running back ranks just for this week. If you look through rankings, it is like it, it is pretty dark before you even get to like 11, 12, the guys that we're having to rank as RB ones this week. So we'll talk about that later. But first, Dalton, let's talk about some panic meter guys. And by panic meter guys, I mean some situations that are a little bit tenuous right now. Uh, haven't quite lived up to expectation or even maybe more so in week one. We'll give uh, just on a scale of, we'll say one to 10, one being no panic, 10 being you are absolutely panicking, uh, a panic level for each of these guys. And where we're going to start is a unit and it is a unit that probably is impacting the most people in fantasy football right now. And that's the Bengals offense. And Joe Burrow is at the center of it. 82 passing yards week one. He had 35 passing yards in the first half of week two. Got together in the second half. But Jamar Chase, still not to 75 yards receiving this year. I don't know if you guys saw what he said. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. uh, Wanting more deep targets. I don't think Joe Burr has completed a pass of over 20 air yards this year. So there's that. T. Higgins, we talked about a lot last week. Zero yards week one. He did bounce back with an 80-plus yard and two-touchdown day. But Joe Burrow hurt his calf at the end of the game. We don't know how serious. All we know is that they um, they are saying he's not going to be healthy for quite some time. Dalton, what are we to do with all of this with the typically so- slow starting but maybe slightly more concerning Bengals this year than years past? Well, if you go back to the offseason when he injured his calf, it, it's his plant foot, and there were some people in circles that were speculating that could cause issues down the line um, with his timings, and it just looked like he's been off the last two weeks. It's not like Joe Burrow forgot how to play football, um, and I know he's played some rough defenses, but, I mean, it's full panic for me. If we're going on a scale out of 10, I think I'm at an 8 right now. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, he might sit out a week, and I, I don't know. I, we've both had our qualms with Zach Taylor's play calling. Yeah. And now that you don't get an elite quarterback to cover up some of yeah. those misgivings, we have a, a significant issue. And, I mean, the, all those guys in that offense, especially Jamar and T, were drafted to be league winners for you, and they're just not right now. 
Yeah. Although, although, you know, T Higgins, even with Joe Burrow banged up in the second half actually did uh, do that in the second half last week. But yeah, I, it's funny. I had that reaction just because it's shocking to hear eight, but I look back at my own notes and realize, Oh, I have it at a seven. So I am like, <laughs> I am almost right, like basically right there with you. And, you know, them saying he's probably not going to be a hundred percent for some time is extremely concerning. Um, I, I did a little, uh, little stroll through Bengals Twitter, which usually is a place I try to avoid as a chiefs fan. Cause it's very toxic from, uh, my POV, but took a little look. See, uh, do you remember? Uh, I think it's Joe. Is, is it Goodberry, Goldberry? But do you remember that yeah. account I'm talking about? He, he's yep. a pretty prevalent guy on Bengals Twitter. And let me tell you, the vibes are not high with, with Joe uh, and Bengals Twitter. Like, I saw a tweet from him estimating it could be two to eight weeks that Jerboro misses. Uh, I don't know if he had sourcing on that, but just the fact that that he was throwing that out there and he seemed to at least like he doesn't have a direct source telling him that but i think he is drawing his own conclusions based on what he's hearing from some folks i'll put it that way so god if burrow is out for multiple weeks that that is obviously a killer now i know you know this off the the thing i'm telling myself to keep this lower than like an an eight nine or ten is that right now they're 28th in epa per pass play, per play and per pass, excuse me, offensively. And they're 32nd in yards per play and yards per pass attempt. So even with Jake Browning, if that's who it is for multiple weeks, can it really stay that bad or get much worse than that? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Even no matter who the quarterback is, you have Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins. Like, the panic is high, but what could you do about it? You know, like, are you benching? T Higgins fresh off of a great game. I, I'm considering it in our dynasty league, but it's really, it's really uh, stressing me out right now. Are, are you benching Jamar chase who again has not produced at all, but like it's Jamar chase. This, this is a guy that's been one of the best three receivers in the NFL the last couple of years. Like I, there's nothing actionable here. I don't think, I don't know what your opinion is on that. No, I would say this week, those guys, I mean, you start your studs, especially through three weeks from the NFL, four weeks NFL is, it's up and down. Crazy things happen. We've talked about it last week. There were a lot of things last year we thought we knew. And then by week five, a lot of those things ended up being wrong, including yeah. things like Carson Wentz uh, being a top five quarterback. I will say they play the Rams and then the Titans and then the Cardinals. So you have three games where if if they don't show out, I mean, these guys are certified duds at that point because those are three very uh, easy to pass on funnel defenses. And if they can't get Jamar Chase – and T Higgins into good spots to do well, then it's going to be very difficult going from there. I pulled this from ESPN sports Stats info, but T Higgins right now has a 32% on target rate for throws to him, <laughs> which is, which leads the NFL in off target rate, beating uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, who I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about later. Uh, it, it's just how bad Joe Burrow has been. Joe Burrow's time to throw is 0.8 seconds longer than it was the last two years because he's yeah. not getting his feet set. Uh, and, you, I just don't know how they do this. And as defenses see what this offense is struggling with, they're going to key up more blitzes and force Joe Bird out quicker reads, which I just don't think he's getting into a step quick enough. And it leads to those disconnects with his wide receivers. Well, I'll just close. We'll close this uh, with a question and let, unless Johnny has anything to add, but close this uh, with a question here. 
why can't the Bengals just watch how the Rams get the ball to Puka Nakua and just, hello, you have Jamar Chase. Like, I know he's a great deep threat, but the guy is also just electric in general with the ball. Just find a way to get it to him. I, I don't I don't care if it's 50 yards down the field or at the line of scrimmage. Get that guy the ball, man. God. I'll go back to my Zach Taylor take from earlier. <laughs> Jeez, it's just infuriating all right the jets dalton um we don't have to spend too much time on this we've talked about them a little bit last week but now we see we, we saw it for a full week with uh zach wilson it was not good i i know the cowboys defense is good they have also played both new york teams so that that is definitely helping their cause right now they put up 10 points seven of those were on a 68 yard slant that garrett wilson housed uh we all know the week before Brees Hall was creating something out of nothing with big plays. Garrett Wilson's two touchdown catches are the long one that he took to the house on like a 10-yard pass. And then maybe the best catch of the year so far in the end zone with one hand in week one. What is the panic level for this offense and specifically Brees Hall, who has four carries for nine yards, and Garrett Wilson, who we all wanted to be a wide receiver one, should have been, and now with his quarterback, he probably won't be. Yeah, I mean, we're at a 10. Like, this is – if I have Garrett Wilson, I'm selling him off of what happened in that Cowboys game, which was one broken play by none other than Trayvon Diggs. We know how he likes to jump routes. Uh, and Brees Hall, I I don't know what you can get for him right now, but it's a full-on running back by committee in New York, which is terrible for what is also a bad – Offense. And and because of the, the state of the offense, I think Dalvin Cook is just unusable until further notice. Don't even think about starting him. And yeah, like, I know you want to ease Brees Hall back into it, but you can do a little bit more than four carries, you know? Like, you, you can get involved 10 times like you did in week one. And Brees even said, like, I have four carries. That that was the issue. Like that's that's why we struggled. So I know you want to ease him back. I'm I'm in support of that, but... I don't know why you have to take a huge step back from his week one workload. I know you got passed, you get behind, but you, you can pass from the ball too. I promise you a screen pass to Brees Hall has every chance of going 10 yards uh, just as much as a Zach Wilson pass over the middle. Yeah, I mean, and, and the prayer is right now, like the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins or Jacoby Brissett gets traded by the, the Washington Commanders. God, they, a can't, they can't go with Zach Wilson the rest of the year. I'm no. out of 10. I'm out of 10. All right, anything else to add on, on this offense? The NFL needs to step in because they have five more <laughs> primetime games. Like, you can't do this to the fans and make us watch Zach Wilson again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember when the week is that they can start flexing, but I know it's not like we're going to get Chiefs Jets in primetime still. It's at least after that. It's not for a while still. Johnny will vouch for this, but we were on a Discord call, and I was like, wow, that was actually a good rollout pass by Zach Wilson. And Johnny was like, are you sure about that? And then the next play, Zach Wilson for a pick six. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that was great on the run. I was like, mm, you're a little behind me. You'll see what he does next. <laughs> the timing was just comical on that. Oh, boy. Poor Zach Wilson. All right. Javante Williams does not have a single third down touch through two games, 25 carries for 96 yards, six catches for 19 yards, not super efficient, not super explosive by any means. I think you could just, that's the name of the game for the Broncos offense as well. Uh, Dalton, what is the panic level for Javante through two weeks? I'm at a five. Like I'm pretty down the middle of the road. Uh, first, this isn't like Brees Hall where he was a third, fourth round pick. This was a sixth round pick where mm -hmm. you're not relying on him. Um, second, 
like he still has some juice there. Hold on, we've we've got we've got breaking news for the first time like ever on the pod that we can react to right now. I'm so the, scared. The Rams are sending Cam Akers to the Vikings. R.I.P. Alexander Madison. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. Let's let, let, let's talk about for three seconds here. So Alexander Madison, Dalton, we we've been less than impressed uh, with him through two weeks. My takeaway after that Thursday night game was the Vikings need another running back here because he fumbled once, should have fumbled again, but a penalty by the by the Eagles saved him. And it doesn't look explosive, doesn't look like a, a starting running back. They're one of two teams with less than 100 yards. Like, what are what are your thoughts on this backfield now with Mr. Inefficient Cam Akers in Week One joining Mr. Slightly less slightly less inefficient uh, Alexander Madison here? I think Cam Akers is better than Alexander Madison. I, I, I do too. Confidently say that. Um, and this is a, a probably a better situation. He just needed it. It really sounds like him and the coaching staff did not see eye to eye for yeah. two years. You go back to last year when they said they're going to trade him. It didn't sound like they could find a trade partner. Um, um, my other immediate reaction is pick up Zach Evans immediately. Yeah. Uh, Kyron Williams is an undersized back who this team didn't have buy-in until this year. And he's getting the Sean McVay treatment, which is 90% workload. So did Daryl Henderson two seasons ago. And then suddenly it just stopped. Uh, they traded up for Zach Evans in the draft. It's a guy that you and I are both big on. And we both think he has all the, the features of a workhorse back. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking to acquire him. I'm not going to say I would drop Alexander Madison, but I think you and me were pretty much on the train. He sucks. Yeah. Uh, and now all I have to say is Rashad White, you're next. <laughs> okay. We can, we'll get back to that Rams backfield a little bit later on, but I just wanted to, like, I, I don't think we've ever had like a trade brick like that live pod. No. So go back to Javante Williams. You said you're right down the middle. You're about a five right now um, on him. Yeah, well, I mean, the offense isn't great, but Javante still looks good when he gets his touches. I, I expect Sean Payton and co. to continue to kind of open this up and get a little better as the week goes, as the weeks go on, uh, hopefully. And Javante still is a step. He still has that one run he had week one where he looked good. He's a little slower. You expect that, but he's getting playing time, which is important. I mean, some of us didn't think he'd be playing until week six. So. Yeah. He's on the field. You don't need to start him. You can continue to take it slow with him. And the Broncos schedule, it's pretty light all season. I mean, they really don't play anybody that I'm going to be too concerned about them playing. I don't know, man. Chiefs defense, uh, six points, basically, to the Jags. That's true. 14 to the Lions. I'd be pretty concerned. Um, But they get the Dolphins, who the Chargers eight against. Like, this could be a Javante Eats week. And then they get the Bears, which, whoo, I mean. (laughs) A lot going on in Chicago today. Yeah. So <laughs> on this uh, Wednesday afternoon, going to date this one right now in case something else happens between then and now. So I'm at a seven. I, I'm with you that it's good that he's playing. Um, this offense, while I think it's a little bit better, I still think it's bad. I know they just scored 33, but unless Russell Wilson is throwing deep, I still think he looks bad. He looks indecisive. Uh he, he, he just, uh, unless he's throwing deep, he doesn't look like a good quarterback to me. So I have long-term concerns about how good this offense is going to be. And, you know, it he's getting out-snapped by Pirine, not out-touched. Um, will those touches go up? I have concerns about that just because of the lack of third-down involvement. It, it, you could almost, you can parse his, his first two weeks one of two ways. Either he's being eased back in 
or he's just not going to be the third down guy at all this season. And I'm truly not sure which it is. I'm open to both, but I would say that's why my panic level is a little bit higher than yours right now. Now we may not be having this conversation if uh, Jaleel McLaughlin doesn't get one touch for one touchdown touchdown, uh, last week, which was frustrating for Javante Williams. But But that was a play designed specifically for Jaleel because Javante doesn't have that outside speed. Like, yeah, I was going to say, because Jaleel is the most explosive running back in that room right now. And, and that's not a shot on Javante. Jaleel is pretty explosive and I'm with you. I think Javante looks a step slow. Will he get that back? You know, I'm sure at some point, Will it be this year? That's very much TBD. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on it is, I mean, you're pretty much getting committees across the NFL now. Yeah. The way oh, yeah. Gone. And I like the bet on um, skill over, like, I would start Javante over Rashad White in every league known to mankind. <laughs> and I would do that every week in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and I will continue to bet that he's going to get better by the week. I mean, if he doesn't get the third down work, he doesn't. I still think that gives him, like, top 15 availability because eventually he's going to make people miss like he used to. Yeah, hopefully so. All right, Kyle Pitts. uh, (laughs) Four receptions for 59 yards in two games for Kyle Pitts. Drake London did get back on track week two, scored a touchdown, had, I believe it was, like, six or seven targets. What podcast told everybody to drop him? To drop Drake London? Uh, was it the fantasy footballers? Fantasy, fantasy footballers. Fantasy footballers was like drop drop pits for Zach Ertz. They said that today. Yeah. They said last week to drop Drake London. Yeah. Oh. Which I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not saying to go drop Kyle Pitts, but drop I, Kyle Pitts. But I but I drop am saying him. I am saying if you feel like you have to make that decision, I cannot fault you. <laughs> like if if you if you can't roster a second mm-hmm. tight end, I'm I'm not starting Kyle Pitts. Like I'm just not. Um, he's outgained by Jonu Smith, 47 to 15. He was out-targeted, and I'm at a 10 here, if you can't tell, on Kyle Pitts. We are all going to be screaming all season about his route participation, which was 88%, same as Drake London, as he tanks our teams the whole year. Like, I just have to see it from Kyle Pitts before I put him back out there. And again, you can drop him. I, I, I won't hate you for it. Um and I am about another week or two away of the same thing of saying you should drop him. Yeah, I mean, I think you drop him at this point. Yeah. Because there's just not enough to go around on this offense for him to get a workload that justifies it. I mean, part of the like part of the way you get a good tight end in fantasy football who's not one of the top four is you just look at who's playing the most and getting targets. He's playing a lot. I was gonna say he, he got, checks one of those. He got out targeted by John Smith and Mac Hollins last week. Yep. And you, you just really can't reliably start him. And if the Falcons have any sort of lead, which they're going to because they play the NFC South, they just don't throw the ball. And they're going to continue to not throw the ball. And then when they do have to, you again, he's one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. His name is Desmond Ritter. And behind mm-hmm. him is one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. His name is Taylor Heineke. Uh, Arthur Smith is an offensive genius in all the ways you don't want him to be, which is utilizing players that we didn't think should be utilized. Uh, I I get it. Like everything about Kyle Pitts is good except what he does on the field. But there just comes. A- <laughs> you just got to drop him. I mean, you got to move on. You got to look at somewhere else. Oh man, you know if I have the time at some point, I'm gonna make a thumbnail. That's just that quote with a Kyle Pitts picture. You know, everything he does is good except for what he does on the field. It's true. <laughs> I, 
we're gonna. I know we're gonna be in June, and we're gonna be like, well, his air yards on the season was like a thousand, and it looks so good. And they uh, lined him out with the slot forty-eight times, and that's just usage you don't get anywhere else. Yeah, I. I'm just if I'm holding him, I'm praying he has a good game, and I am selling at the first opportunity because you can't sell now because you're not gonna get. Well, I mean, you could try. I mean, try your league. Maybe, maybe every league out there has one Kyle Pitts truther, so worth a try. Yeah, and just hopefully you're not the competition. <laughs> well, you you are you probably one of two if in your league maybe if he's on yeah. your team right now at this point. All right, Josh Jacobs, um, a, a first round pick this year, nine carries for negative two yards last week. Um, I I knew he was at negative yards at some point. I did not realize he actually finished with negative yards rushing, so that's not great. Uh, Nineteen for forty eight the week before. So the efficiency has not been there. How he is saving himself right now is with a seven for 74 receiving line. So it, it's not good, but it's at least giving you something like you're not getting absolutely nothing for starting him right now. But Dalton, where are you at uh, on your panic meter with Josh Jacobs through two weeks? I, I'm on a seven, but I also called it. I, I knew we were going to disagree on this one. My first issue is just going back to uh, what I talked about him on my bust episode. Uh, running backs with 325 carries or more the following season historically haven't finished in the top 12 or the top 20. For the most part, the, the exclusions are mostly Derrick Henry, who is an exclusion in his own right because he's an animal. Uh, the other thing, I – what sucks is you have to start Josh Jacobs every week, no matter yeah. what, because he has above a 70% snap share, but you align that with how bad this offensive line play is. I went and looked at in the trenches with Brandon Thorne. He has them 31st and he said, this might be the worst run blocking unit he's seen in his career. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. The receiving line. I, I have a stat for that. Just wait a minute. <laughs> you go ahead. The receiving's going to be there. Um, and you just hope that checkdowns and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to save him. But, like, those boom games from last year, it's going to be hard to get there if this line isn't giving him the looks he's getting. Uh, I don't know if it's the exact stat you have, but I know his contact before, he's getting touched, like, two yards behind the line of scrimmage almost every play. (laughs) Okay, that's my stat. So, Josh Jacobs has 54 rushing yards after contact this season. He has 46 total rushing yards. (laughs) He has more rushing yards after contact than rushing yards this year. Yeah. Um, so like I've never heard that in my life through like, more than one game. Better days are ahead, but worse games are still out there, I feel like. Well, they play the Steelers next week, so you're gonna Rest have to re- you're gonna really have to if you start them, you're gonna have to really stay in the flames with that one. But he gets the Chargers October 1st. So a bounce back, I think, is coming. I think it will get better. Like I said that it just does not get worse than that stat. And it's very clearly not his fault. And, you know, part of the issue last season, Josh Jacobs, which by by the way, to to start this all off, I'm in a three, a little concerned, but I've always been a bigger believer in the player than you. So I I just do still believe the player is going to win out in this terrible situation here. But part of the reason for the LVA concern outside of the offensive line So last season, Josh Jacobs had 131 rushes against two high safety defenses, which look at this year through two games, he has five. And that is a Jimmy Garoppolo offense versus Derek Carr offense, I think. And so that that is one area that is hurting him right now that even with improved offensive line play, I think will still continue to hurt him. 
throughout the season, but like it just can't, he has no run more than seven yards. And you said the offensive line is just so bad. I can't help but think it's going to, he's going to be a big time regression candidate. He may not live up to whatever nine overall, but I still think he's going to have a very good season if he gets just a modicum of blocking at some point this year. Where do you put very good out of curiosity? Like, uh, well, I don't know because I, I RB 33 right now, despite uh, all of this, I was about ready to say, you know what? He could finish RB 12, but like, I look at the running back landscape. It's like, Oh, he actually maybe could still finish as the RB six because running back is very rough right now. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I I would, I still would say he has top 10 upside in a like season long upside. It's interesting. I mean, Hey, Guys. I mean, the running back situation is so grim across the league that yeah. anything could happen. I mean, Kyron Williams is like RB4 right now. So, yeah, uh, I'll pull up the ranks right now. He is RB2 right now in half point scoring. Brian Robinson is the RB3. Raheem Mostert is the RB5. Shout out Eli for three of the top five running backs in our dynasty league being on his team. Uh, Bijan, RB6, like Tyler Algier, RB9. DeAndre Swift gets basically a DNP week one. He is RB11 because he had a very good game on Thursday night. Well, uh, Aaron Jones is RB11 with 24. Aaron, Aaron Jones is RB14. Yeah, yeah. What I'm looking at right now. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Not great all around. Speaking of not great, Damian Pierce, uh, he has 15 carries for 31 yards last week. What's the most concerning probably is the snap share, 45%. Each of the first two weeks, no role in the receiving game. He ran fewer routes than Devin Singletary last week, and it's not like we're not throwing. Uh, they've been behind. CJ Stroud just threw the ball almost 50 times last week for 384 yards. So the opportunities are there, but the opportunities have not been there for Damian Pierce. Uh, I'll start us off here, and again, I know this is one that'll probably be a little bit lower on than you. I'm at a five. Like. I still do believe in the player. I still think he can get on track, but there's no denying it is it is tough right now. The O-line has been decimated. Like they they were missing multiple guys last week. The line needs to get healthy, both for Stroud and for the running game's sake on this offense. But you know, Damian Pierce is averaging it's like negative 12.3 EPA per play or something like that. Like it it's comical how bad it is right now. I, I just have to believe it's going to improve. But What's most concerning is the snap share stuff. And the only thing that I really can say about that is I am hoping that they are trusting other guys in pass pro more than him. And their line is so bad with injuries right now that they're feeling like they have to do that. And that can course correct with health. That That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I mean, I'm at a nine, but this again, just like Josh Jacobs, uh, he was on my bus list. Yeah. Uh, Hey guys, he he ran every third down receiving route in the preseason. So <laughs> let's let's go back and victory yep. lap preseason like a lot of people were. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean they're just not using him in pass protection or on passing downs at all, which is a major uh, detriment to his usage. And then this offensive line, I think four or all five of them were out in week two, and it yeah. looks like they're going to have to continue to rotate guys in and out because no one's healthy. Uh, which is not good for the running back play. And then, like, C.J. Stroud drops back 49 times, and Damian Pierce has one, I think, target, maybe two yeah. last week. Uh, so it's just really hard to find a way for him to get there. You're going to be praying for touchdown upside weeks, and he's not even the bell cow he was last year. Like, he's splitting downs with Devin Singletary and even Mike Boone. 
both of them look washed, but Damian yeah. Pierce was also not drafted by this, this current regime and the coaching staff. And I mean, he doesn't look any better than Devin Singletary, which is, is pretty bad considering Singletary is not the greatest player either. Yeah. I mean, one of the, um, I won't say dynasty rules to live by, but one of, we'll say one of the dynasty rules I have been made more aware of as I've played dynasty the last couple of years is these day three running backs who surprise and are really good as rookies. You need to be pretty skeptical of them. And, you know, obviously it's case by case. Maybe Damian Pierce can break that mold, but by and large, these guys are not the, the stalwarts year the year in lineups that that we hope for and so like pacheco's a guy that fits that mold and and pierce both those guys i think can break that but that is just you know just something to be aware of with with both of those guys all right justin fields um not gonna lie to you dalton i had this one on here before i knew you were gonna be here for this segment um kind of kind of dreading what your number is gonna be for for fields averaging over 210 passing yards per game i think that's gotta be a career high like that that's positive one touchdown through two games, not positive. Three interceptions through two games, not positive. He has been sacked 10 times in two weeks. 10. 10 times in two weeks. He only has 13 carries for 62 yards. He does have one touchdown. Dalton, you go first. What's your panic level here with uh, Justin Fields? Just keep taking your victory laps with these last three guys. I didn't even write this panic meter, but you did. <laughs> Again, another guy I had at his bust. I thought you weren't going to be here. <laughs> He's a 10. I mean, this offense, like, I understand that last year Justin Fields had no weapons. And now I understand this year it's his offensive coordinator. What I struggle with is you can only make so many excuses for a player before you look at the player and say that you have to do better. Um, it's two, through two weeks of football, like Josh Allen. I, I don't even know if he's a top eight quarterback right now. So there, there are things to change, but his like time to drop back has increased. Like he, everything is going slower for him, which is terrible. His receivers are running routes into each other, which I don't know if that's a scheme issue or a receiver issue. And then, I, last week, they finally got DJ Moore going. It didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And the Bucks defense is not the best. You, I just don't know. You need him to do better. He plays a Chiefs defense that held Trevor Lawrence to nine points. And I think Trevor Lawrence and his weapons and his coaching are vastly superior to what Justin Fields has. And if he's not going to run the ball, like he, you, you drop him. I mean, in all honesty, if you, if you get through five weeks and he has like 20 rushes, you're, you're dropping him because there's no upside to his case because he's not an NFL passer yet. Okay, so you're saying at that point, or are you saying to drop him like right? Like if he was on your team right now, would you drop him right now? No, because there, I mean, first of all, you spent like a fourth or fifth round on him, yeah. and I'm not going to let that cost sink. And second of all, like the only, I mean, if Kirk Cousins is still on your waiver wire, maybe him. But like other than that, he's he's probably not. He's, yeah, he's probably not. Other than that, I mean, it's going to be difficult to find anybody uh, replacement level to what Justin Fields could provide. So, but he's definitely getting benched this week. Okay. Oh, and fans. Okay. For a second, I went back. I was like, wait, is he, you think the Bears are benching him? They just got <laughs> Nathan Peterman. Dalton, who are they benching him for? Surprise! Guess who's walking through that door? Aaron Rodgers on one leg. Okay, so I'm at a four. I'll give the I won't say pro Justin Fields, but just the the more pro Justin Fields side of, of, of what's going on here. And I saw Dan Rivalski made this point yesterday and just parsing out 
the the two Justin Fields media availabilities today, I think this is true that he's thinking way, 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 way too much out there right now. He's always been slow to react, uh, held the ball. Like we've been over that. That's why he took so many sacks last year. That's why he is this year. There was a clip. If you search at Baldy NFL on X, um, you will find an alarming clip where Rashawn Johnson is open, walking into the end zone for a very long time. And he looks at him, looks away, looks at him, looks away and never throws it to him um, no the worst part is that he steps up and then gets sacked yeah, like that's the yeah, worst part yeah. of the clip yeah, very fair good good addition there so like i know that he has his issues right now but i i think the coaching is just brutal like with what he's getting right now there T- ted Wynn from the athletic made this point and i think it's true you could give him greg roman as his offensive coordinator and that would be so much more helpful right now because he would develop a running game to fit Justin Fields and not be trying to make him into this drop back passer. Be like, I know you want to see if he can pass. You can do that and still run him a little bit. You can do that and Brock Purdy him and set him up for success. Make it so he's only reading half the field. So he doesn't have to read and process the whole field, you know, so he's not thinking three things before he actually makes a decision. Like they can do things to, to make it easier for him and they're not and this is exactly how last year started and then you got to week seven week seven through 16 last year they averaged something like 2.16 points per drive 12th in the nfl so they were a, an above average offense and we all know what the fantasy finish for fields in that stretch looked like i i'm not defending his play right now it's been bad there are still flashes of arm talent that you see that make you think that at some point if the mental side gets there the passing can be there to some extent, but actually his coaches are doing him no favors. And, you know, you can talk about the weapons, but the bottom line is we like his running back. We like DJ Moore. Like he's got stuff there. Like it's not Bryce Young level supporting cast, you know, like he doesn't have that excuse to fall back on. I just, the coaches really need to look themselves in the mirror look their personnel in the mirror and and decide to play to their personnel instead of what they want to play to. And I think if they do that, like last year, then then they will um, improve what, like they did down the stretch last season. So that's why I'm still on a four. I need to see more. Yeah, I, I my bigger concern is that the coaching staff doesn't get right. Um, I mean, last year, what they've they only got... called two designed rushes through two weeks for him. Yeah. Well, I, I don't see why they would change that. The other concern, they'll, the they did the last biggest, year though. So that again, I'm I'm just hoping hoping they just have the same epiphany. The biggest hope is that they get fired. I mean, right? The, <laughs> like that. I the, mean, it's maybe that, not the biggest would, hope, but it's like if you're power ranking it, that would be number two. Yeah, I mean, I just it's difficult for me to get there. And the longer they play this game, the worse Justin Fields owners are going to be for. Yep, and the worst Justin Fields is going to be long term because he is being being ruined by by this coaching staff and this situation. No matter what, even if you and I have differences of opinion on maybe the upside, I think we can both agree that uh, they they are doing him no favors, and this needs to get fixed asap because we know what can happen uh, with young quarterbacks when you put them through this ringer for for a long time like they are right now. Is it year three or four for Fields? Three. Can we even call him young anymore? I mean, it's like year 2.5 as a starter. Just I, We're just getting there. Next year, the excuse is going to be something else, I'm sure. He has, to, <laughs> he has to acclimate to the new offensive coordinators. 
All right, we have we have no. a question uh, from from Evan Gittleman in the chat that'll transition us really well to our next topic, which is running backs and backfields. And we're gonna start in Cleveland. We all know Nick Chubb, just a brutal knee injury. He's out for the season. Uh, we'll see beyond that. Jerome Ford stepped in, looked pretty good last week uh, when he got the chance. I know he was inefficient. Uh, besides the the one long run, I think that was less on him more on the Pittsburgh Steelers being a very good defense. But I think we both Dalton liked Jerome Ford as a prospect. I think a lot of draft people agreed with that as well. Now the Browns bring in Kareem Hunt. So we've got Kareem Hunt in this mix. And then to answer Evan's question in the chat before we move on, uh, pick two this week, DeAndre Swift, Matt Breida, Joshua Kelly, and Kareem Hunt. We're going to talk about a lot of these guys throughout the rest of the show. So if you want more context on all of them, you can keep listening. To answer this question, I am going with DeAndre Swift and Joshua Kelly. Dalton, what about you? Yeah, same. Swift gets a bad uh, Bucks defense. Joshua Kelly gets a bad Vikings defense. Uh, both those guys uh, led their backfields last week. Uh, Brita, they're going to rotate it, and it's not a good matchup for the Giants at all. And then Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's coming off of like four days to, to yeah. whatever they're going to design up. So if Kareem Hunt's going to have his days, it's probably going to be in the next couple of weeks and not this week. Uh, so yeah, Swift and Joshua Kelly by a pretty good margin, in my opinion. Yep, and beat writers for right now are saying that it's Jerome Ford's backfield. He's the lead back still on this backfield. You know, Kevin Stefanski came out and said the same thing. I think before Kareem Hunt, I was thinking RB2 type of value for Jerome Ford rest of season. Now I'm probably thinking a little more so toward flex uh, consideration for him. But I think it's just so up in the air because Kareem Hunt, he did not look good last time we saw him. But it's at least in the realm of outcomes that Kareem Hunt, who has not been the same since that calf injury in 2021, it's within the realm of outcomes that he just was never quite right last year and he's better this year or he's just washed. So I think we need to wait and see, but I'm totally good throwing Ford out there this year or this week. And I think on the whole, he's going to be a fine start for the rest of the season because I like how he looked. You can see, you can see how fast he is. He's a very fast explosive running back. Yeah. And this offense isn't moving anywhere without uh, actual running game. I mean, Sean Watson looks cooked. They need their run game to be efficient. And they have a top five offensive line and a good defense where they're never going to be out of the game and they can continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Anything on the Browns before we move on here? No, I mean, that's about it. I think it's Jerome Ford. I would, I, I'm not going to let like Kareem Hunt really scare me off of Jerome Ford. Uh, he had to do a full on workout to prove he could play here. And he's, certainly been passed over by their RB meeting teams. So there's something there we're probably missing. Uh, but if you got a hold of them off waivers for free, that's still a good call. Um, but I think it's Jerome Ford's backfield till it's not. Yep. Agreed. Okay. The Ravens, um, a little bit of breaking news since I put them as a topic. And that is that Justice Hill hurt his toe apparently last week. And I'm unsure if he's going to play this week. Now it sounds like not a long-term thing. So, for this week, I think you can fire up Gus uh, in lineups if you need him. But just on the whole, so the Ravens, Gus Edwards outproduced Hill because he converted the goal line opportunity. But, Dalton, what are you thinking season long between Gus Edwards and Justice Hill as things stand? Which guy would you rather have? Well, the concern, I, I don't know if you saw the injury, but it's turf toe is what they're saying Justice uh-huh. Hill has, which 
it seems to be one of those injuries that stays with you. And they did bring other running backs to work out and signed. Kevin Drake is on the practice, the practice squad. squad. That's uh, going to fix everything. So I need that rest with development. Uh, <laughs> but it might work for us. But Although for might... the Ravens, that's like times two because he's been there before. Yeah. I mean, they're just retread city with him and Melvin Gordon sitting yes. around. Uh, but I've always been a Gus Trufer, truther. You know, he's fourth in the NFL in yards per carry in his career with five. Very impressive. Um, the list includes him, Jamal Charles, Nick Chubb. May he rest in peace. Uh, so I I still like Gus Edwards, but Justice Hill had like 50% route participation, got targets. Yep. Um, Gus is going to get the goal line work. I think that that's an easy gimme, but I think both guys are fantasy viable and I'm going to continue to start both if I have them. Would you be surprised if I told you that Justice Hill played six of seven snaps inside the 10-yard line last week? I would, but he didn't convert them, which is what he matters. he did not. Gus converted the one he got in there, but that's just something to to keep in the back of your mind. Like I I'm not totally convinced that Gus is going to have the goal line role locked down because he didn't last week, and you know Justice still didn't convert last week, but he did in week one, so it's not like he hasn't yet this year. I as long as the turf toe is not a big issue, which we have really no way of knowing right now. I'm taking Justice Hill. He played over half the snaps. His expected fantasy points was 10.8 last week. Gus was down at 6.5. So he's just getting more work right now. And Gus just got the touchdown last week. So that's why he's looking better right now. But I am on Team Hill for the time being. Well, toe pending, of course. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll see how it plays out. I think that that's the concern. the other interest will be if they elevate Keaton Mitchell or if they elevate one of these retreads as their third running back, which will be something to keep an eye on as we go forward. Because both Justice Hill and Gus Edwards are two guys who I can see going down in, yeah. in any time. Yeah, like they they could, and especially like the Ravens have done this. Like they they could just have the pl- they could get Tyson Williams at, at any moment, and nobody would be surprised. We don't talk about Tyson Williams in this chat. <laughs> Okay, the Rams, uh, speaking of uh, being Tyson Williams, I think I could also call that being Cam Akers. I mentioned earlier, uh, we talked about it. Akers is now in Minnesota. So on paper, this is looking like it's Kyron Williams' backfield, especially in the short term. And, you know, last week he steps in and plays 95% of the snaps, gets 20 touches, 100 total yards on the dot, and two touchdowns. I, I wrote down here, Cam, Aker, Cam Akers is cuttable. Don't do that now. Hold on to him, see what happens in Minnesota. Let's focus uh, with what's left behind, though. What do you make of this backfield? Is it just we start Kywin Williams, we pick up Zach Evans, and then we just wait and, and see what happens over the next couple of weeks? Because he cannot continue to play 95% of the snaps. He says, as Christian McCaffrey plays a hundred percent every week, but he he can't he can't do it right. Like they're just not going to do that. I mean, I don't think they're going to. The, the difference is to Christian McCaffrey gets split out wide and doesn't play yeah. all running back snaps, which changes it at least a little bit. The other concern is, I do think this Rams team is performing above expectation a little bit, and Sean McVay is a very good coach and is doing a great job at disguising their weaknesses. But Te- teams are going to figure out they cannot throw vertically. Just don't let them throw to Puka Nakua in 1.5 seconds every snap, and we'll probably be okay. Yeah, and obviously this offense will take a change in Week Five if Cooper Cup returns. Um, but I, if you have Kyron Williams, you're starting him. I don't think that there's an argument there. But season long, I would not be like trading away a better asset 
and thinking Kyron Williams is going to finish as a top 10 running back. That's where I would put a full stop on, on that. Um, and then again, they, they had a full year of this guy where he was a healthy scratch. I, obviously you can get better as a player, yeah. but I think part of this is Sean McVay and co can just try anybody out there right now because they don't care how this season plays out. Yeah. And you know, he, I'll give him credit. He, he played good last week, a lot better than I would have thought. Um, based on my opinion of him before that, I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, yeah. Did you know he still had a negative rush yards over expectation despite the game? Well, I, I, I did know that he had, uh, was it 14 carries for 52 yards or something? So it wasn't like blow you. It, it was just fine. You know, it, yeah. it's whatever, but he's right now a solid, like three or four points per game above his expected fantasy points per game right now. So he's a, a pretty easy regression candidate, even if he keeps getting, this volume, he's not going to keep scoring 20 plus points per game. Um, yeah, I just, I think you have to keep starting him. If someone's going to trade you like, okay, say you got offered Josh Jacobs for Kyron Williams right now. Are you taking Josh Jacobs? Because you know, I am in a heartbeat, but what about you? Yeah, I'd probably take it. Okay. So I, like, I, if Josh Jacobs is never going to lose his job. Yeah. I think if, Kyron still could. If someone's giving you a locked and loaded top, we'll even say 15 to 18 type of running back for Kyron Williams. I'm still doing it. And and yeah, like I know Zach Evans was still inactive, but he's a rookie. A lot of times teams have plans in place for guys like this. Like, you know, you're seeing it with Jameer Gibbs. He, he's clearly just not ready for the full workload yet. And we'll see this week. I think people are going to be frustrated when Craig Reynolds and maybe Bam Knight are, are getting as much work as as Jameer Gibbs and I think that could be the case with Evans where it's like he, he's just not doing the things he needs to yet to be on the active roster but the guy who played behind Kyron Williams I can't even think of his name right now um pretty much only played special teams so you like that that there's not a very there's not a clear RB2 ahead of him in the pecking order there's just an RB2 who they feel more comfortable being active on game day and I think those are different things if that makes sense i hope that makes sense yeah no it definitely tracks um yeah i and i'm just hesitant with sean McVay. we've seen his history of throwing yes. backs and dropping them as quick as he can yes if if cam Akers wouldn't wouldn't have gotten traded i i you know you could literally st- like the outcome could have still been there for him to be an rb1 the last five weeks because that's about what happened last year they said we're done with you and then he won leagues at the end of the season for people who picked him up off of waivers, not for people who drafted him. Yes. (laughs) All right. We have a couple more to get to, and then we will jump out of here. Let's start with the chargers to talk, and then we'll go to the giants. Talk about two of the other high profile injuries right now. Austin Eckler. He has his own podcast with Matt Harmon. He has said he is day to day or week to week. Um, I know as a Chiefs fan, we all have nightmares of what day-to-day can actually mean. Week-to-week, you don't love to hear that either. The team itself has said there is no timetable for his return, so it seems like he's going to be out at least this week. And beyond that, I don't want to speculate, but nothing would surprise me as far as a multi-week absence with Eckler. I'll just put it that way. I'm not deterred by Josh Kelly's performance week two. Remember, this Titans rush defense was, I think, number one, maybe number two, but I think number one in the NFL last season. And they're looking to be very, very good again this year. I think Kelly has still looked good. Like, he still looked good in week one. 
He just didn't have much to work with last week. And really what I'm more interested in is can we find an RB2 that matters in this backfield? Probably not, but just keep your eye on Elijah Dotson and Isaiah Spiller. Um, one of those guys may emerge as worthy of a roster spot, depending on how bad the injury is to Eckler. Yeah, and I'm in the same as you. I'm still starting Joshua Kelly this week. I'm pretty sure Eckler's going to be out. He didn't practice today, and that ankle sprain looks to be a two- to three-week timetable for his return. I like Elijah Dobson right now more than I like Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, um, he out-snapped and out-touched him. Yeah, and he was a big uh, preseason guy. He earned that spot on the roster as an undrafted free agent, and he, he got time in the two-minute drill, which is what you really want to see for fantasy value. So – He's the one I'm watching to see where if his snaps go up or if I said, even if Joshua Kelly is actually disappointing, um, I think he would be the guy to lead in before Spiller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. Um, agreement there. Guy, Spiller is a guy I liked out of college. So I, I, I would be more interested if he could win that backup job than if Dotson does. But the writing, at least for now, seems to be on the wall that this is kind of Dotson's job that he can go win right now yeah and I think that's the case and that's a that's a huge role to earn especially if he has characteristics related to Austin Eckler and I think he has Austin Eckler light characteristics where he could do both in the past of the rush game yep all right last one here the Giants Saquon Barkley sprained his ankle uh it's described as an ordinary ankle sprain he will be out two to three weeks is what the initial reporting was from the newsbreakers the team was listing him questionable saying, oh, no, 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 he still might play Thursday. Well, now we know he's out Thursday. So I tend to believe the two to three week timeline with Saquon Barkley. We turn to the rest of this backfield, Dalton, and it is a doozy with Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, who has been in the league for, I think, three years and may have 100 yards to his name. Don't know that, but he's like done literally nothing. And then Eric Gray, who's the one we don't know. Um what what are your thoughts uh, on this situation this week and, you know, over these next couple, assuming Barkley is not going to be there? Just don't. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. Yeah. This offense, I mean, they, it took them a half to come out against the Cardinals. who Well, it took them the six quarters to score a point. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think either of these guys have talent close to Saquon. I, that goes out saying, but mm-hmm. they're going to mix in all three. I could see Eric Gray working in on special teams. That's what he was at Oklahoma, was a, spat, a pass catcher. Uh, between Brightwell and Breda, it's, I mean, you, do you want four points? Yeah. Because that's what you're getting. Brightwell, I, I, you know, I think he'll be a factor. Breda, like, he hasn't really been relevant for, for like four or five years. And even when he was, he's often injured. Um, even he's known to be injured, come back, be injured again and come back again within the same game. So like, you're going to have to deal with that. And he was just never that good. He is an explosive player. He can break off a big run and have a good day, but he himself as a player has never really been that good. Um, I think the only course of action I'm taking here, and this would be in a deeper league or just, if your roster is shaken out in a way where you're just looking for an RB stash and there's just not, not much out there. You got outbid on waivers. You're kind of like, man, I've got this spot to burn. I'm just going to stash Eric Gray and hope and hope he looks really good because he's the one that we don't know. I I liked him well enough coming out of college. 
Um, if he doesn't play at all this week, you can probably just drop him because Saquon will be back at, you know, by the time he works his way into relevancy, if he were to, Saquon will be back. But if you're going to do anything, add Eric Gray to a deep roster. Yeah. Um, but, but really, look somewhere else. Yeah. I would probably start Boston Scott over all three of these guys this week if you made me choose. <laughs> That's another one where I just I I, I don't I, I don't I, I you have to have a third choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> there has to be a third choice there. <laughs> it, it's not pretty. I mean, there there's very few. That, I mean, these guys, if I were doing rankings, would all be in the forties. I think. I don't know if you agree with that. <sighs> yeah, I, I yeah, I would just stick them down there, um, just so I could not too. Oh, I actually lied. I had two more backfields written down here, but just not. Not a lot of notes on either one. Um, the Saints, so Jamal Williams hurts his hamstring last week. Don't know if he's going to play this week. It does sound like Kendra Miller is. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is out for one more game as well. Any interest in Kendra Miller if he plays? Tony Jones with or without Kendra Miller? Or um, are we going with the tight end uh, flex and Taysom Hill and hope he rushes for 50 yards? Uh, I, I really like Kendra Miller this week. And if you took the risk on Alvin Kamara, you are really excited because the offense yeah. looked good. They need another playmaker. Um, so, yeah, I'm not starting Tony Jones. Like, he got two touchdowns, but he did not look like a good football player. Um, mm-hmm. And Taysom Hill obviously had a better rushing line than he did. So, if you you can't if, start. If, if you don't have a tight end, I like to just throw him in there. You know, yeah. you, you can do worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they, 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 I don't know if you saw this, they elevated their fullback. So that's going to be their third running back. So just, I, it's, I think it's Kendra or bust. I, I'm a big fan of Kendra Miller. I think he's really good. And I think him getting a full game could be good for anybody who snaps up off waivers. I, I would start him over any of the Giants guys, Kendra Miller. I would start him over all the Eagles besides DeAndre Swift, and that could end up being wrong. It could be a Kansas game all week, but I, I would go with Swift in that backfield. I, I would start Miller over everybody but Swift um, there as well. All right, with the Colts, uh, not really much to talk about here because this is Zach Moss's backfield. He played all but one snap. Uh, really, the real question with Zach Moss is what do we think of him for the next two weeks without Jonathan Taylor, and now it, it could be longer. But let's, you know, a whole host of guys we've talked about here. Let's go through it real quick. Play a name game. Joshua Kelly or Zach Moss the next two weeks? Zach Moss. I would take Joshua Kelly because I believe in the offense more, but I don't don't hate it. Damian Pierce or Zach Moss? Oh, Zach Moss. Zach Moss for me too. Javante Williams or Zach Moss? I'm going Zach Moss. I'm going to go Javante. Jerome Ford or Zach Moss? Zach Moss. Zach Moss. I would have gone Jerome Ford probably before Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, Najee Harris or Zach Moss? Oh, Zach Moss. Yeah. That Were you guys watching? Did you see his play where he – or Najee? It, it was a good play, but where he basically like reversed field and like broke a tackle and ended up reversing field and going the other way for like 12 yards. Yes. He looked so slow doing that. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, I mean, this Steelers offense is no favors, but he does himself no favors in this offense either. No, I, I'm taking Zach Moss there too. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco or Zach Moss? Uh, it has to be Zach Moss mostly because I don't know if Pacheco's even going to play with a hamstring concussion. Yeah, yeah, now we've got the hamstring issue. Uh, I, I, I was literally yelling on my couch the entire first half to give Pacheco the ball last week. Um for real life and for fantasy, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later because the offense looked pretty good when Pacheco was running up the middle. All right, Dalton, anything else to add on Zach Moss before we jump out of here? No, I mean, if Gardner Minshew starts this week, even better. Yeah, 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 because uh, Anthony Richardson is not vulturing those touchdowns if it's Gardner Minshew in there. Yeah. All right, that is going to do it for episode 118 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Anthony Richardson, try protecting yourself a little bit better, please. We'd like to see you out there in future games. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube. The link to all of those things is in the show notes, as always. The show is available anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc., Leave us a review. Put this guy's lineup up on the screen to end the show. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with what I'm sure will be a perfectly normal week three discussion.